Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network with our weekly episode of 24, as we are on to episode number two of season five, which is written by Evan Katz and directed by a good friend of the show, John Kassar, from January 15, 2006. The second episode of January 15, 2006, uh, as Jack is... Now a murderer, a uh, cold-blooded murderer. And, and the evidence is 95% not doctored. Definitely not. Do- is definitely not doctored. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, we get to go over uh, Jack raiding Wayne's apartment. Raping? Raping. Raiding. Oh. Raiding. <laughs> raiding you Wayne's apartment. Different, you watched a different cut than I did. <laughs> Oof. And uh, I guess most importantly, a villain will somewhat be revealed by the end of this episode, I believe. I've already watched the third one, so I may be talking about the third one. But I'll try to talk only about the second one, episode number two, uh, from this season that we are talking about. uh, As I stall to find my notes. that the television show 24. 24, which is named for 24 hours in a day. (laughs) <laughs> it Which... aired on the Fox Network, an American television <laughs> network. Um, and I will just randomly pick something here. My name is Colin, and it may take a few seconds to render. <laughs> and my name's not Frank, it's Ben. And no, I don't want to sit down. Well, sit down. <laughs> and shut up. I'm surprised you didn't go with the only reason you're still conscious is I don't want to carry you. I Sort of, you know, that, that would have been great if I could have found my notes, which I should have pulled up before we recorded. I just blanked that, um, assuming you were going to go for that one. So, <laughs> yeah. there's there's always the uh, the the post show, the the outro, I guess, <laughs> the after show. Uh, Welcome to the after show of the, the old network. Show. <laughs> I'm pretty confident that that recording with Colin wasn't that good. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, we've done better. Yeah. It was subpar at best. <laughs> yeah, both our listeners won't be excited on that episode. Let's try to salvage this. Um, 24, season five, episode two. Not bad. Um, pretty good. <laughs> you do sound like those old Disgust. men from the, the Muppets. I liked yeah. it. No, actually, it was horrible. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> oh. um, I love this episode. I think it's great. I think this is just building up in the first four episodes of this season that it's sort of, it's a slow build, but I think by the time this episode is over, you're like, wow, amazing. And like, you sort of get this reveal of someone who's evil, who you kind of already know is evil. Like it's sort of, it's, it's this plot twist that Walt's evil, but we kind of already know he sort of is, which I kind of weirdly like, like it's kind of this almost like refresher, like, Hey, remember this guy's evil. 
And I think what they're doing really well in this season is we talked about last week about how it's like, boom, shock, bam, dead people. Like this episode, it's kind of like they're pulling the wool over your eyes with so many things. Like we're expecting President Suvorov's helicopter to get blown up and then you kind of got the terrorists not only trolling CTU, they're kind of trolling the audience because it's Mm -hmm. sort of like we have no idea that this... I I mean, I remember watching this live and just going like, fuck, taking over an airport, all right. Um, you got Connie Britton in it again. She's great. Um, I, I do question CTU's accuracy. Yes, I've got the footage. It's definitely accurate. It has not <laughs> been doctored at all. It's clearly being doctored. So obviously CTU have great technology. Um, Kim uh, Raver, Audrey is basically Sigourney Weaver from uh, Galaxy Quest. She's just telling people, <laughs> repeating things. And Curtis is being Curtis again. But other than that, again, seriously, really like this episode. Yeah, I, I don't want to uh, seem like I'm down on this episode in any way. I think that uh, the fact that I finished this and immediately wanted to watch the next one shows how good this is, despite the fact that I've watched this season multiple times before. Uh, I, I think that next week's episode, in my opinion, is even better. And uh, that may just skew my excitement a little bit. But uh, th- this is everything that uh, maybe they struggled with season four. They're getting right here. And, and you kind of mentioned it. You you come right out of the gate with all the excitement, all the the shocks in episode one. And they really are tailoring this now as a two-hour episode. This is not next week's episode. This is next hour's episode. And this is, okay, we're still continuing to let the audience catch up. We're letting them feel comfortable. And then bam, bam, <laughs> bam, Emerald, bam. Uh, Emerald at the end, just throwing a bam in there for us. Walt, which, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that because I think I, I mentioned a little bit in uh, one of the John Kazar commentaries last week, their plans for Walt and how it kind of changed in this season. Uh, and you can sort of see that. Uh, more than anything, I think um, what we're going to be getting into in both this episode and the next one is some of that sketchiness with uh, the planning of Logan's character that you talked about, which I can start to see a little bit of now. Having said that, there's little things I'm picking up on. I'm excited to talk about in the next couple of weeks uh, where I'm like, maybe they kind of knew to a certain extent. Uh, You see it more in the performances than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I sort of tried to do a bit of digging between last week and this week and found a few older Gregory Itzen interviews from when they sort of did the 24 Insider back in the day sort of pre-YouTube. I mean, this would have been just around when YouTube was being released this season. But um, from what I can gather, he didn't know. Uh, from like mm. Based on his interviews, this wasn't something he was told early about the character. So unless, again, they knew and they just didn't tell him because we obviously know that infamously the writers of this show don't generally tell the actors at a certain point. Like they kind of throw it on them with like two episodes. Like, by the way, you're evil. Um, so, yeah. And like, again, like this is not to take away from how epic this season is, but that's why I keep saying to you and people who know what I'm talking about with this twist with Logan, it's watch it with that knowledge. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And there's other episodes that will come about with that. And like, again, I'm not, I'm not putting the blame on the 24 writers. Cause if they came out with this halfway through the season, I mean, props to them, they pull it off, but it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely, I think the one underlying issue with this season that no one talks about is there is a definite shift in how this character goes from now to when that twist comes about. And it's, again, not to take away from that, this is definitely a twist and a season that pays better the first time you watch it. Still Mm -hmm. not to take away from the epicness of this. I'm rambling a little bit. The point is, 
it's good that you're watching it with that lens because I think that's always interesting to watch this season with that lens with the knowledge of what happens to Logan in about like episode 16 or whatever it is. Well, let's get right into the Logan stuff because um, I, I I think that uh, it's the performances I want to uh, highlight here I'll kind of get to. But uh, the storyline, basically, Logan and Walter looking into recordings of the phone call that Martha had with uh, with David the previous night. Uh, and the first thing I noticed, this is where it doesn't hold up because the way that Walton and uh, Logan are talking, like, listen, we need to listen to these recordings to find out mm. what David told her and, uh, and you know, see, see what was so urgent. But I, again, watch this in the next couple of weeks. Watch the way that when you see Walt and Logan talking themselves, which we kind of know these are the two guys who who know everything that's going on once you get to that that uh, point uh, where the revelation comes later in the season with Logan. Uh, the performances are very different. It, it almost is like a little bit of like the way that the lines are delivered. There's a little bit of like a wink. And I, I don't believe that either of these actors knew what was going on. But I do think that they had it in the back of their head. Listen, we might want to go this way with Logan later on. And maybe John Kassar could clear this up for us. Maybe he had just enough knowledge where he he coached them in a way of delivering a performance. Like, we don't want you to be like too. And he's probably not even doing it in a way where he's telling them, listen, we want you to play this a little bit evil. Imagine you got a mustache and you're twirling it and you're twirling it and you're tying a woman to the train tracks and the train's coming and you're like, ha ha ha, you'll never catch me, Bauer. Uh, but <laughs> it's a little bit of like a, a nod and a wink. Like, well, we need to listen to these recordings. And the one thing I was thinking about was, um, obviously we know the phone calls are all recorded. That's kind of the point of this episode, but it, it was a thing starting with Nixon on to, I think Bush where, everything within the Oval Office was recorded. I mean, and that 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 would be things that would be later used against Nixon and everything else. But uh, this is a thing where the presidents are recorded. And it, to me, even if it wasn't their intention, I believe that there was probably somebody who said, listen, we got to be careful with how we script this, careful with how they play it, because we might go this route later in the season. Uh, it is a little bit like, if you imagine it, Logan and Walter like, People are listening. Let's be careful how we phrase this. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, my point of this is a one-time watch knowledge of the shock that makes it better because it is when you're watching these scenes knowing it that it does make it tricky. And this is this is the issue that Season 5 creates, which makes Seasons like 6 and 7 bad because you create this conspiracy within the government that you then create this shadowy overlord organization that is pulling the strings that you just overcomplicate to the point where it becomes stupid. And that's where the season six goes stupid. And that's where season seven goes stupid. It's when you've got the Bauer family. It's when you've got Will Patton, like these, you know, storylines that, that you can see what they're trying to do, but they just keep digging themselves and digging themselves, digging this hole. And these are the little foundations of this because you're right. Like it, this shouldn't be playing out this way, these conversations between Walt and Logan based on knowing what happens with these two. They try and cover the tracks. It's, it's very Nina Jamie in the fact mm -hmm. that they go back to retcon a moment which people would go, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, so you create this scene of Nina killing Jamie to shut her up. So it's implied that Jamie and Nina were always working with each other you can get away with that because you never directly see Jamie and Nina by themselves, if I'm not mistaken, during season one. 
I think it's only that interrogation scene with Tony and Nina where she's like, oh, I need a moment, I need a moment. And that's when you later see the footage of her going and slashing Jamie's wrists. So that's where you can can get away with that in season one. This Mm -hmm. is where this overcomplicates itself because these are scenes that maybe don't necessarily make sense. But as you were saying, given the planning of it and given that they want to create this massive twist later on, they don't want to be like, hey, guys, we're evil. <laughs> because, like, I'll give you another thing. You might even remember there's a plot line involving Audrey and Walt. Do you remember the storyline around Audrey and Walt? No. So there you go. You don't remember the story. <laughs> I didn't remember it to my recent rewatch. So this phone call between Audrey and Walt, like, with the knowledge of the storyline that comes later on between these two, let's just say they hooked up. I'm just going to say that. And you can remember that as much as you and can. And why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? But like, I mean, you, you wouldn't know. And again, we know that comes down to the fact that these writers don't plan out a season. We're not trying to bag that out, but it's where you dig yourself a hole in these situations. Having said that though, I do like how they kind of like, I love this stuff around Martha and how you like, I, again, I remember watching this the first time going like, she's crazy. Like clearly she's got like, yeah. you know, mental health issues and, Take your medication, Martha. Come on, you know, go sit down and cuddle your teddy bear. Like, they're clearly painting her out to be a bit of a hysterical character who's, you know, crazy. But, like, what I love about this fabrication of the audio, because you hear that from Walt, is, like, I think, you know, the way she's like, oh, I remember him saying, like, it's a matter of national security. And they sort of doctor it to be like, it's hardly a matter. Like, it's clever. Mm-hmm. And I think they can get away with it. So, it's it's multi-layered. And, again, I it sounds like I'm complaining I'm, in a way, I'm actually applauding the writers for kind of doing this deep level government conspiracy theory, which I just think they went a little bit over their heads with by the time we get to the end of season six and seven with. But at the moment, it's like it's it's getting us set up to a pretty good ending of this season. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we've discovered with more so with each season that goes on through trivia and commentaries and stuff like that is is how little... The, the production crew really cares about continuity, yeah. at least at this point, in comparison to season one. I mean, in season one, they were all about everything's got to match up. We got to have a plan for everything. At, at this point, though, I, I don't believe that what we're going to get with Logan is something that literally uh, on episode six or episode seven, one of the writers like, wait a second, what if? I mean, there, there had to have been, whether it was Howard Gordon or Cochran or Surnow, somebody who said, hey, this is where we might go. It's like kind of like Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. I want to do this. I want to make sure that the plans are in place. I, I just have to make sure not too many people will know about this so it doesn't leak out. And also, let's write this in a way that if we choose not to go that direction, we kind of have an out. And the way that these scenes, particularly with Walt and Logan, are playing, outside of just like what I said about the performances, to me, it's almost like, hey, we might go this direction, we might not, let's just be cautious with how we present it. The audience is going to forgive us if things don't match up because at this point we're 24 and we can do whatever we want, you know? Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's interesting it's in continuity because... You know, we again we live in this golden age of television, and and we we talk about it's, it's a lot more strict and a lot more you know that way nowadays. Whereas we, people weren't podcasting about this back then. You know, there were message yeah. boards. It, it was it was still that era where people are kind of finding their footing and commenting and things like that. So we're sort of transitioning from a period of television where you can get away with shit. No one's going to comment on it. You watch it once, you're done. You know, like I mean, no mm-hmm. one's watching freaking law and order and LA law or all these kind of things back in the early nineties. Going well, they didn't do this. They didn't do that. Blah 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 blah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of transitioning to that period and we can sit here again, like, you know, nearly 20 years later and go, oh, well, they didn't do this, but 
we can understand why they didn't. And even today, like, no show's perfect. No show's bulletproof when it comes Not to... Not even manifest. Yeah, well, fucking oath. God, they try, <laughs> do they? Not... Um, but like, I mean, you know, perfect television quote, like Breaking Bad and these sort of shows, we pointed out plot holes. There are things that don't make yeah. sense. Like nothing's perfect. It's just, they do their best and we're not television writers. I mean, we're barely podcast hosts. So, um, <laughs> you know, we can't even get this right. I don't know, a fucking network <laughs> television show. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, they were looking into the recording and, um, before they actually get the recording, before Walt delivers a recording, uh, we do have CTU calling uh, because they have the suspect. There's so many like little things, like smallest reactions that Logan has where you just see this change from season one to season five, where it's like, he is so arrogant now. And the, the way that when they say, well, we have the suspect and he's like, good. <laughs> it's like very excited. All of a sudden, good. Show it to me. I'm excited. <laughs> it's just not the Logan we would have gotten in the first season. Um, Obviously, they show his Jack, and he's like, well, I thought this man was dead. And uh, uh, Audrey gets a little bit defensive when they attack Jack's character. Uh, obviously, we'll get to it when we get to the CTU stuff, but uh, her and, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Bill, find out uh, that Jack's alive. Uh, and uh, then we have Martha and Evelyn, who are watching the news, and they mention something about uh, David being elected with a 60% majority, which apparently is a plot hole, or the way the, the phrasing they use, plurality, I don't understand all of American politics. Apparently that a 60% plurality is impossible. I don't know how a plurality is different from a majority. Uh, maybe one of our, maybe maybe our American listener can <laughs> clear that up for us. Uh, but uh, then she, yeah, she's all sad. She's mentioning like the story about how good of a friend David was and that despite the fact that uh, him and Logan didn't really see eye to eye on politics, you know, she was one of the first people he asked to death. She's got a crush on uh, Palmer, doesn't she? I think She's it's like, oh, yeah. I was one of the first ones he asked to dance with his inauguration, it's, his big, strong, muscly hands wrapped all over my body. I think like it's um, I've talked about. I remember when I read read the Nightfall series that yeah, Logan does appear in those. Uh, so like it's kind of that knowledge, and obviously that was sort of written after I think season five, but um. I don't think Martha appears in that from memory. But, yeah, no, she's definitely, you know, frothing in the nether regions. I mean, got to say, like, love Martha. But, like, I mean, she's not very loyal to dear old Logan here because we know what's going to happen later on with Aaron as well. So, I mean, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> just saying. She's always looking uh, the other side of the fence. Uh, what's over there? Who's that? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like you mentioned, the phone call, she keeps uh, adamantly saying, yes, he said it was a matter of national security. And then you play the, the phone calls. Like, Hello, Martha. It's David. Hey, so dance with anybody handsomer than I? No, I did not think so. Because I'm David Palmer. Uh, by the way, what I'm calling you about is hardly... Hardly a matter of national security. I'm hosting a dinner next month for the Art and Action Scholarship Program. Would you like to come? Oh, great. I'll put you down for one. You don't have to bring your husband. Uh, seriously, seriously, I'll save a dance for you. All right. Well, if he has to come, he has to come. All right. See you soon. <laughs> That's the end of the See, call. Hey, Martha. <laughs> See you soon. Uh, I, really, this is... it. it I, I wish I remembered what my reaction was to this. If it was, oh, well, she's clearly <laughs> not thinking right. He said it hardly a matter of national security. Or if I was thinking, well, this call's clearly doctor. It's it's hardly a real call. Uh, there's no way it was fabricated. It's definitely 100% real, just like Jack Bauer's photo. 
but it works. And this is one of the things that when you're going back and you know, watching it, knowing how all the storylines play out, this is one of the things where you're not questioning it. You're like, wow, they, they handle that really well. And obviously part of that is because of revelations later on, but even just the way that they're setting up Martha's character and this is where Gregory it's in uh, not to take anything away from Jean smart. Cause I mean, she has a tough job playing this character, mm. but Gregory it's is what sells this as being believable and sells his character's motives. Cause the way he's talking to her, when we saying is like the doctor said, if you didn't take your medication consistently, there would be memory problems and stuff like that. And how m- much you really see, like he cares. And this could be played like the politician with the politician's wife. Like he's just stressed out. It's like, oh, she's running across the lawn trying to interrupt my press conferences. She's asking for phone calls and and saying things that are a matter of national security. Like this comes across like Gregory's in performance, like a real concerned husband. Mm. And I feel like he makes the Logan side of this believable. He also makes the Martha side of this more believable. And that's what's fantastic about this. Uh, and then the last part of the Logan stuff is Mike uh, mentioning that, uh, oh, apparently the intel says that the Subarov helicopter um, could be the next target. We should change the landing site in Logan. No, no. <laughs> uh, he doesn't want to change anything about this. Uh, you're starting to think this is season four Logan all over again. Uh, they want to shuttle him in from a different location in a limo. And he even says, no, this was set up for the grand entrance. Like he's he's a man of theatrics here. <laughs> he, he wants the Russians to arrive in style. Uh, the media is waiting. Uh, <laughs> I can just picture it in my head, the way that it's playing out with the helicopters landing. It, all of the media like, ooh, ah, never seen a helicopter land. It was running and screaming. That's how <laughs> it screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it, It's just... Uh, to, to me, it seems a little bit silly, like this would be this grand entrance. But uh, I mean, the fact that, like you said, when the helicopter lands and we've had all this built up, that's kind of one of the shocks of this episode. That's the silent shock that they don't usually, not the silent clock, the silent shock that they don't usually bother to go for on 24 that I really appreciate. Yeah, and I think you're right, because I think like it's it's a great pull the wool over your eyes in a way that it's not like, oh, they're not really going to shoot down Air Force One. Oh, they're not really going to set off a nuclear bomb. This is just something completely like we're on board with how they're they're showing this and that's going to do this. And I think you're kind of right. Like it, it shows some sort of season four Logan because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I think he does a lot of right Logan, to be honest. But like he's also showing a bit of like, well, no, we're definitely going to, you know, show this treaty. It's all about me and my presidency. So it's kind of like it's just showing that layers of Logan, which I really, really like. And I like, you also got to, I'm kind of also a bit team Logan in a weird way. Like, uh, you know, as much as he's being a bit inept here, but like, he's literally like, um, yeah, he's landing in five minutes. The entire press is there. It's like, well, no, but we're like, like, but like he's five minutes away. Like yeah. if we move this helicopter, the entire press is going to know something's going on here. Uh, don't we pay our military and all that sort of stuff to protect this from happening? Like, so in a mm-hmm. weird way, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, he's got it right. Like... That's what they're there for. Um, yeah. You know? Um, That's why we're here. <laughs> but I also love, like, um, you're right, like, the stuff with Martha, like, it's it's done in a way where, like, you kind of have to believe Logan here. Like, you got, like mm-hmm. as much as you feel bad for Martha, like, and I get 
maybe in hindsight, like, oh, let's let's make fun of the woman with the mental health issues. Like, it's it's not it's not even that. Like, because we obviously get that line at the end from Walt. Like, yes, I doctored the recording like you asked. Ha 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 ha. Let's go twirl our moustaches and tie people up on train tracks. Um, but like, it's just it's done in a way where like he is being a sense. Like, he's not like just like later on slapping her around and going shut up. Like, he's literally just being like like, hey, Martha. Like, like I'm I'm here to help you. Um, although I do question, like, I love it when he gets out this suitcase with this recording. Like, why are the recordings in 2006 America like the 70s? <laughs> like, he's got, like, this massive, like, mini disc player that pulls out and presses a button. Like, I mean, again, later he's on... In- wi- he's winding it on the reels. <laughs> Hold on a second, guys. L- literally later on in this season, we're going to have somebody recording a conversation on a pen. Um, but, I mean... <laughs> Sure, this is episode two. Technology advanced by episode 24. This briefcase was just full of pens. It goes, oh, so this is the the 8 to 9 p.m. pen recordings. We got to get 10 to 11. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's it's intriguing. And this is what makes, you know, I'm contradicting myself because I'm here complaining that the Logan stuff doesn't really hold up when you watch on a second viewing. But I can watch this and be taken back to watching this live and remembering how sort of intrigued you are with Logan. I mean, controversial opinion, Kind of more intriguing than the early Palmer stuff. And I love season one yeah. Palmer. I love season one getting to know him and getting to know Sherry and Keith and Nicole. Like, I love that because it's personable. But he's not president in season one. He's a senator. Mm-hmm. And you're getting to know this guy running for president. You're getting to know him differently. This is the president of the United States. And you're getting to learn him, in a, uh, you know him in a way that we've never done so with a president before. So it's it's very intriguing. I like it. Gene Smart's amazing. Gregory Itson's amazing. Walt's amazing. I think everybody here's a man. Mike's barely in it. And even he's like, you know, amazing. Uh, we don't really have to cover this on its own because there's not much to talk about. We do get introduced to our act one villain here, our stand in act one villain, Nathanson. Uh, he's taking phone calls from other henchmen. Uh, and really the only thing that matters to the story here, other than the fact that they mention, oh, we got less than an hour. And they even mention the Subarov helicopter that's on route for the retreat uh, is when they're talking about Jack, they said, we don't know where Jack is. And Nathan's just, just like, leave it to CTU. It's their problem now. Like, Jack's just disposable to them. Um, so, I, I don't know. Anything you want to touch on Nathanson? Uh, he's definitely not the most compelling of these Act 1 villains we've gotten. He's not a Gaines. He's not even an Omar. Look, But uh, he's, he's a stand-in. If... I mean, it's a complicated one with Season 5 because I think Season 5 is almost a bit Season 2-ish when it's there's not really a grand villain. Like there is, but like, I mean, again, Logan technically is, but like, even then I question that because then you would argue, well, Jack's brother is technically more evil. Like he's more connected. And then you've got like this guy yeah. and then you kind like of have Max. You mean like in comparison, like how it's season yeah. two is, is it and this is Max. Yeah. And again, this is where it complicates itself because, you know, Season one, villain, the Drazen. Season three, it's Saunders. Season four, it's it's uh, Armin Vosloo. Like, y- you got these ones where it's clear, clear villain. Whereas, like, this, it's like you have these different acts and then you've got the uh, the, the Russian guy who comes and goes and you've got freaking, um, oh, what's his face from Robocop? Um, oh, Peter Weller. Peter Weller. He's sort of the, like, again, it's it, it complicates itself. My the point is like this guy like I kind of like this guy because he sort of you know has a bit of a redeeming arc and it's intriguing though like I kind of like the, the layers that they do because in a way they sort of they go a season four route where there's kind of multiple attacks connected to one thing again like it's the layers of season five yeah uh 
so I guess the CTU part of this, um, they are basically analyzing this map of the presidential retreat. Uh, Edgar is the one who discovers the identity of the sniper. Uh, <laughs> this is where the may take a few seconds to render. Uh, that's basically our <laughs> high, we've great got a opening high a, res a filter. That's what they've got. Good for them. It's basically code for our episode is running a few seconds too short. How do we stretch this out? <laughs> it's going to take a few seconds to render. Uh, this is where Jack's picture is revealed and you get that shock. And here's the crazy thing. I mean, we watched episode one last week. I've seen this all before and I've already forgotten. Wait, Bill and Audrey don't know about Jack. Like, yeah. I don't know whether that's a fault of this show that like, we had the end of the uh, previous season where only certain people knew about this. And then last week you had, you know, a couple of, I guess, brief mentions that uh, only certain people knew about this. But to me, this didn't come across as, you know, oh, big revelation, but give it to the actors, James Morrison and uh, Kim Raver, the way that they sell this reaction to seeing Jack, like that's incredible. Uh, they redeem this here. Um, and, uh, they they were as they're throwing names around about all the people who would have known about this. They mentioned that Chloe did, and this is like, oh, we tried Chloe. Uh, there's no this is where Edgar gets very defensive. It's all Spencer's fault. <laughs> He's holding us back. Holding his back. It's all his fault. I hate him. I hate all of them, <laughs> and not just the men, but the women Spencers and the children Spencers. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, oh, sorry. I think it's. Okay, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say this is like we're really getting into the Edgar and Chloe relationship and yeah, yeah, we got bits and pieces of it in season four, but this is that brother and sister relationship that's, and it's done so effortlessly with like one or two throwaway lines. Like in the first one where he's questioning, like, well, I'll call her. No, no, don't worry about that. I'm, I'm watching to read between the lines. I slept with her. And it is a bit of thing with Edgar. It's like, you slept with my sister. <laughs> what are you going to say? You slept with my mom next, my dead mom's corpse. Uh, but uh, here just that his defensiveness, like it is so Edgar and it perfectly sums up Edgar and Chloe's relationship. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting point you make about the, not the knowledge, like the lack of knowledge from Bill and Audrey, because like it, you, you realize that they don't know. But, like, this is where, like, I, I have a few problems with it because it's literally like, oh, it's rendering. Here's a picture. Oh, my God, you're never going to believe this. And Audrey, like, Audrey's going to have more than a reaction than that. She's just like, yeah. oh, Jack's alive? But we definitely saw he was dead. He didn't have a pulse. Okay. Like, this is a woman that you, uh, the man you supposedly loved and you lost everyone in the day and you're just fine with that? And then it's sort of like the way Egg is kind of like, this is 95% accurate. But how do you know this? We 95% know that this definitely hasn't been faked. Few red flags of that. Um, it clearly has been faked. Uh, so check your technology, CTU. And also, like, I love, like, it's classic CTU that they just go from point A to 100 miles an hour without the blink of an eye. Oh, well, it's definitely Jack. He was seen in the vicinity of where the sniper could be. No other people were there except for this one man. There were maybe five other people in that building, seven in that building, eight in that building, but this man, he's used a gun before. It's definitely him. Also, to add to the evidence, he talked to President Palmer just before he died. Oh, and also, so did Tony and Michelle and Chloe. They must also be in the fact. Like, what if Jack called, like, Amtrak straight away after he got off the phone to Palmer? Like, yeah, g'day, uh, g'day, this is uh, uh, John Frank Smith. Uh, trying to get a train to Mexico. Could you tell me the schedule? Like, 
are you going to talk to Jenny at Amtrak and get her arrested? Like, you Murder know, and witness relocation. Again, She's next on the list. Plot's got a plot. I understand. We've got to create some tension. Jack's a suspect. Like, it's great. Like, cool. But like, it's just, it's just a bit silly. <laughs> it's yeah. I, I'll, I'll agree with you on the whole doctored photo thing. Cause this was part of a season two problem with like the Cypress recording. It's like, no, everybody says that it's definitely real, yeah. you know? And like, uh, uh, is the same technology going to be analyzing the Martha David phone conversation? Uh, and why is Martha not a suspect? Yeah. She's unhinged. She's, she's, you know, definitely got an obsession with David Palmer. He, he just called her before. This isn't like, Oh, 18 months ago, David Palmer called Jack Bauer. This is, I don't know, 18 hours ago. Not even, this is like nine hours ago. Martha called David. So yeah, let her be a suspect. But at the same time, this is, I'm not buying into any conspiracy theories. If, if anything, the opposite. You know, I feel like people will always look for conspiracy theories because of how quick they are to identify Lee Harvey Oswald or, or um, uh, who's the Lincoln guy, John Wilkes Booth. Uh, anytime there's any type of major assassination, there's always those people who are like, well, where was the investigation? They they identified this person right away and they tried to take them out as quickly as possible. That's what you would do if a president died. You know, you're pooling all resources. And I think people are so used to uh, th- this is just commenting on you know other things, not 24 necessarily, but people are so used to, uh, oh, this is how long it would take the police to investigate the murder of Jenny Amtrak, you know, uh, that they don't realize you're going to have probably, I-, I don't know, 50 hundred times more people working a presidential assassination than you would the three cops in local uh, law enforcement that you would for Jenny. So when that amount of people are pooling resources and it's a big enough deal like this, you're going to get a suspect quicker. Uh, and it's going to, it's going to be basically, okay, investigation. We're a hundred percent sure on this, but 95% is not 100%. With with the Cypress recording, it was we're 100% sure. This is like 95. That should right there be, hey, it's enough for at least an inquiry. Let's give it to Jenny down in, in uh, I don't know, an- analytics. Well, well, Marcy's still around because uh, Audrey's on yeah, the phone Yeah, we get a phone Marcy. call from her. <laughs> but, but, but again, again, I get it. Plot's got a plot. We, we've got to create this, you know, cool tension and drama. But like literally they just go straight from, oh my God, like, like right now, like, you know, uh, if you, you know, like, again, we always bring up the, the story. Let's say Jamie and the kids get murdered. I, I know half of that you'd be happy with. But, like, <laughs> and then the police come to you and they're, like, they've got a picture of, like, somebody entering, like, a video of somebody entering your house. And they go, oh, my God, Colin, you need to look at this. And they hand you this piece of this iPad with video footage and you look at it and it's Michael Jackson. Now... <laughs> Are you going to straight away go, yes, Michael Jackson murder? You're going to be like, <laughs> Michael Jackson's dead. Like, yeah. this isn't like, what? Hang on. Can we just stop for a second? Michael Jackson point. just killed my, like, he's dead. Like, they're yeah, literally it, just like, oh, well, clearly he's not dead. He must be there. Let's go arrest him. Yeah, it, you're right. I That's something I hadn't even thought about. This isn't just, oh, we have the suspect. We have the suspect who is legally dead who multiple people in this room saw as being dead that's where you're gonna have okay i don't even care if you say it's 100 percent. i want this checked again because this man this man is dead <laughs> he is definitely dead uh no that's a that's a very good point i had th- the bigger deal here should be hey this guy 
probably not alive anymore. I'm willing to take a guess. And so let's let's at least investigate another option. And that's always an issue with any season of 24 where it's let's bring Jack back. Be it like, oh, he's just hanging out with Audrey in a hotel or next season. Like, oh, he's back from China. Like, I mean, it's sort of like within like an, an episode or two, he's gotten over his demons and he's just back to being Jack. And again, I get it. It's got to do it. Uh, you've got to give it a bit of a leeway. But again, also at the same time, in a real time show, like this is an hour after he's just chilling, being refused work down at the local plant. And now he's torturing children and breaking into, you know, again, I'm being nitpicky, but it's, it can be a bit silly sometimes. One thing I want to comment on um, Audrey's reaction that you mentioned. I mean, I, I think I'll disagree with you here because if you were looking at this from the point of view of, well, this is the man she was going to marry. I think that, yeah, her reaction should probably be something bigger than that. But if we look at where they were at, in episode 24 of season four, she was so stressed out by this guy that she's like, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> I'm walking away. You know, I, I I don't, I am not saying that I don't care about you, but I don't think this is a healthy relationship. I don't think that this is something I need. So what I'm reading in her reaction is more Jack is alive. Oh no. Oh, and I thought I that I didn't have to deal Walt. with this drug. He's going to be, I don't know how many phone calls I'm going to have to Audrey. So uh, are we okay? Um, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Uh, do you need anything? Uh, I, I'm seeing probably a little bit more stress in her face along with the shock, which is why I, I'm not as bothered by her not being like, yes, he's alive. But yeah, no, I, uh, I, no, I disagree because like she literally just goes from, oh my God, he's alive to, oh, well, he clearly didn't do it to, oh, well, I'll tell the president. Like, I think you need a scene where Audrey just has to digest it a little bit. Like, this is what's great about Kim when we get Kim later in this season because she's being told, like, you don't see her being told on screen. But then, like, all of a sudden, she's kind of got this, like, the, the scene with her and Jack. Like, if that doesn't make our top five Amazing. this season, I'll shoot you in the dick. You'll probably like that, actually. But, like, I, I just think <laughs> Audrey just needs a little bit more of a moment here to digest it or something because... You know, we had a whole season of them, like, being in love and all this sort of stuff. It was all around that. And she's just kind of like, oh, my God, he's alive. Well, he's clearly innocent. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like there's something more. And even Bill in a way. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, but you've got to move it forward. I keep saying that. I understand it. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I disagree on, you know, Audrey's reaction. But I will agree with you that having an extra scene like that would have been amazing. Maybe let's cut out it's going to take a few seconds to render and give Audrey a couple seconds to render herself, you know, like that would have been a good way to stretch this episode out. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Give Audrey a little bit more before you get to the presidential phone call. Um, but uh, another thing that I think is a bit of a problem here is they have nobody in the room that is confirming. Yes. Jack's death was faked. It's all speculation at this point. They're like, well, but Tony and Michelle and David and Chloe, None of these people are actually here to confirm this for us. We're speculating. I think if you had had this, because we're going to get a conversation with Chloe coming up, but if you had had this boardroom meeting of Jack Bauer is definitely alive and it was after you talked to Chloe and somebody had confirmed it, I think that that's probably a little bit better. Yeah, and I think the issue too I have with this whole plot, and I know we realize we're going on a little bit about this, is like, they literally go from 95% this is accurate to, well, clearly this is why, clearly this is why, clearly this is why. But yeah, like no one's really asking anything more than that. Even when they get Chloe on the phone, like 
Because Audrey's literally saying, like, this doesn't make sense. Why would he kill the president and why would he kill his friends? And they're kind of like, well, clearly he knew something. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, like, you're, just, you're dumbing down the Jack Bauer character, right? And CTU, like an organization that should be respecting this man. And all of a sudden they're just like, oh, well, clearly he was always going to be, he was always unhinged, that man on cocaine, you know, ha, 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 like having yeah. taquitos on his, like, you know, five-minute break, like... I mean, I think it's mentioned, like, um, isn't it Walt who's basically like, he has a history of insubordination and drug taking. Like, I mean, it's like, oh, well, yeah. okay. Well, who hasn't had a couple of bits of wacky tobacco in the lunchroom on a break on a Thursday, mate? Like, shut the fuck up. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's just they the lack of questions that they just go to straight away. Like, well, he's clearly alive and clearly he killed a former president. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, the guy he literally spent an entire day trying to stop. This is where I would give them props if like somebody turned around and said, well, hang on a minute, but if, because somebody needs to say like, oh, well, he, he protected Palmer back on, you know, that infamous California presidential primary, he protected it. And they said like, well, hang on a minute. Wasn't he apprehended for the almost assassination twice of the president? Mm-hmm. Like you'd have those conspiracy theorists who would remember that. So. Yeah. Maybe get an extra person in the room here. Uh, maybe get Karen introduced uh, a little bit earlier in the season. So you have, somebody from the outside to ask those questions and then you can be presenting both sides because just having it on the phone conversation with logan and walt you just have audrey seeming like the defensive widow here um not technically a widow but you know what i mean uh, and yeah is there's not enough analyzing it, it is it's kind of making everybody look stupid but you know whatever it's fine like TV show. I feel like I'm complaining uh, a lot about this episode in the plot when I actually thoroughly enjoy this episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, got to take season well, five I, down a couple of pegs. It's two up on an <laughs> Emmy winning pedestal. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to poke another hole in here as I cover the rest of the CTU stuff. Um, Edgar guilt tripping uh, Spencer and everything. And then he feels bad about it. So he gives him Chloe's access code. Now, I work in a company that deals in security. <laughs> um, it's not government level security, but it's a security company. And we have to go through, it, it works on alternating years. There is a one year where you have to do very lengthy courses on cybersecurity. And then on the alternate year, you have to have a sign-off. Like every year there is a sign-off, but on the alternate year, you don't have to do the course, but you still have to do the sign-off. I will not share my passwords. I will not uh, you know, compromise anything, anything like this. And this is CTU. So this is top secret government agency and Chloe, of all people, I don't feel like even with Edgar, Chloe's going to be like, uh, my code is JJ72, which I think is actually the code here. Uh, <laughs> but, but like, she's going to give Edgar her code. And also, uh, right now, I had to uh, this year set my main uh, password for my work computer to, I think it's 12 or 13 characters. And <laughs> this is obviously, you know, 17 years ago, so maybe a little bit different. But do we believe that there is a four-character password that CTU has? I, I I I get fucking fed up with passwords in 2023 because like even <laughs> if I create uh I don't know my Tamagotchi online account I don't know if that exists but let's just say it does like they expect me to come up with a uppercase lowercase number special character like who's gonna break into my like Tamagotchi like. They create these most protected passwords for the most pointless accounts that I would applaud someone if they want to hack my account for that. Yeah. <laughs> if it's my bank, sure. If it's like, you know, social security numbers and government information, absolutely. Protect that with my life. But like crap that I don't give a fuck about, like I will just have the word password and you can fucking hack in. But yeah, this is like, you know, no wonder it's getting hacked in. But like, I don't, 
understand what they're doing with Edgar at this point. Because it's kind of like, Oh, duh, you slept with Chloe. That's bad. I like <laughs> Chloe. She's my friend. And then it's kind of all like, you could have saved Chloe. And he's like, I know. Oh, well, I'll give you her my... I'll give you my... Her, I will give you her password. <laughs> How does he know her password anyway? Yeah. And then he's all like, what does he say? Like, oh, she's opened up an external socket. I don't even know how to do that. Like, I mean, I love Edgar, but he's seriously coming across as just like, oh, duh, boss, I'll do anything you want me to. <laughs> but I, I think the point of Edgar at this point is to throw that suspicion on Spencer. Um, and, and that's why it's actually interesting that he gives the password away here too so quickly. Uh, but uh, I, I, I got to say, I love your Edgar impression. <laughs> that's Edgar for you. Hello, I'm Edgar. Which I feel bad because, you know, in about 10 episodes of time, we're going to be, you know, talking about him a lot more. But um, you me joining mommy. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, the Spencer character get nothing, this guy, but. I mean, you've got to have something going on at CTU because what have we got? We've got Bill getting Bill-esque. Audrey's Scorny Weaver from Galaxy Quest. Curtis, like, what was the line Curtis said at one point? I don't know if it was around Spencer or something like that. It's like, she's off-site and using external things. She could be doing this to hide Jack's location. Like, fucking Curtis is being Curtis fully. You know, I thought he wasn't <laughs> last week, but he is this week. Um, The... Uh... The thing with the access code doesn't work because she's already logged in. They find out why she logged in. Oh, uh, now we know where Chloe's location is. Uh, We do get the phone call where Chloe calls and talks to Bill. And this is where she basically says, no, Jack didn't do it. I saw the assassin. I heard his own confession. Uh, You could confirm it or whatever. But she won't give up Jack's location. Uh, (laughs) This is hardly the most dramatic thing to end off on but i just gotta say i love we're, we're all over the lost world quotes in this episode uh after chloe basically says jack didn't do it but i'm not going to give you up the information the nsa basically says that the summit's probably the next target and all we really see is ctu until we get to the split screen at the end all we really see is ctu watching the news and it, this isn't the exact phrasing but it's basically like, you know, we, we kind of joked at the end of the Lost World, the news footage of the T-Rex being transported back. There's a real first-rate shot of the helicopter. <laughs> like, <laughs> Logan was right. The media is all over this. Like, wow, that's a real first-rate shot of that helicopter. <laughs> what did they say? Was it on the news or whatever? Don't even say it on the news because there's that one woman outside the Palmer Hotel, which I want to talk about. But, like, literally the news person's kind of, and this is the first time that they've ever met. And they're all like, oh, look at them. all oh, so happy. Like, I mean... Don't think the first time that like Obama met Putin. This was, I mean, I guess it's a big deal, but at the same time, like you know, I went back to Obama because we know Biden's not meeting Putin at the moment. But um, I do love that woman outside the Obama. <laughs> like as a journalist, like sometimes you've got to you know get information to make things useful. But this woman is literally like, and there's speculation that there could be more speculative information about the speculation <laughs> of the shooter. We do not know any more information, but there is speculation that we will have speculative information currently soon. Like, literally, is <laughs> just saying nothing. <laughs> like, it's just like, okay, thanks but for the update, I, Jenny. <laughs> the funny thing is that's actually kind of the way that these, like, massive news oh, events happen. Yeah, like, you go back to 9-11, oh. there's a lot of, like, so... We're not 100% sure, but we think it might be terrorist. Now, let us bring an expert on to talk more about terrorism. And then you get the expert. It's like, yeah, so terrorism is a bad thing. 
<laughs> you can tell this guy was just pulled out of bed. We need you on air in 10 minutes. But I, I feel it's like interesting that like, again, I feel like I'm so nitpicking this, but like we talked about this in se- all the seasons, like when there's a massive event, they kind of just breeze past. Oh, well, a nuclear bomb went off <laughs> another day in LA. Whereas like here, yeah. it's just, like this woman, like, if right now, if, if Obama got shot and killed tomorrow, like you're not just gonna have some woman like bright and chirpy an hour outside the hotel. Well, the president he was a pretty good guy, but there's some speculation that there could be more. They're gonna be like so solemn and so down and like like oh my god, we're so shocked. Like bringing back Michael Jackson, we'd want to bring up because why not? But like when he died, like I mean, an hour after he was announced dead, it's not like everybody's on the news going, oh well, there's speculation that it could actually be <laughs> Prince who died, not Michael Jackson. Because Prince was still alive back in 2009, of course. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I did a show. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's, let's move on to the Jack stuff, which is really the majority of the episode. We probably covered about eight minutes of this episode. Uh, but th- this actually will go uh, pretty quickly. This It's a lot of action stuff. This is a very Jack Bauer, you know, the detective. Jack Bauer is sneaking around and playing Sherlock Holmes here. Um, he wants to go to the scene of the assassination. Of course, he's trying to talk him out of it. Uh, there's... No way there's there's going to be anything short of 150 agents there. Uh, I do love uh, his uh, thing with Derek here after the uh, killing of the uh, the assassin last week. The assassin, the the speculative killing of the assassination, uh, where he's like, I'm sorry I had to see that, Derek. Get in the van. The only reason you're still conscious is because I don't want to carry you. And I mentioned last week that John Kassar in the commentary had said that, uh, uh, not the one with Kiefer, but the one that he had done uh, with, I think, uh, Howard Gordon, where he said Kiefer was so against having this kid tag along that he just told him, play it like you don't want to, play it like you don't want to be, tell the network that you don't want this kid on the storyline by showing them how much you don't want this kid on the storyline. And Mm. I think that that was his indirect way of getting this performance out of Jack. Like, I don't want you here, you know, uh, get in the bed. I can see it all over Jack now in this episode where he's just like so, you know, uh, annoyed that this kid is here, but it's like, it, it, that creates the plot hole of it. You brought him and you don't really need to bring him because yeah. this episode makes it even more obvious that Derek didn't actually need to be there. Um, the uh, phone call to Connie Britton, where she says she's now half an hour from Los Angeles. Uh, Do they ever establish where they live? Where's this oil rig about an hour uh, outside of LA? I, I think then we look it up at somewhere in the uh, Mojave Desert. So I don't know. For all we know, it's fucking probably Utah, but like it's 10 minutes yeah. down there. Because I mean, literally when they leave this freaking site where they've killed the sniper, they're at Palmer's Hotel in like six minutes. So, I mean, God, who knows? LA is a small uh, city in the world of 24, remember? Yeah, he he, he lets her talk to Derek and uh, then they just move on to the Palmer or Wayne's uh, apartment building. I think it's technically Wayne's apartment, not David's. Uh, they drive straight past the news. See, I love this. This is very like James Bondish. They're going straight past news crews and all the police right into the garage. And you don't even have to say it. I mean, they have already said it, but you don't even have to say it. You're like, this is crazy. Like, they are going into probably the most heavily guarded situation they've ever been in. And that's one of the things I really like in this episode. Uh, Chloe even counts. I love that she's got something that hacks into all the locations of the federal agents. They say there are 167 agents on the premises, 25 of which are in the apartment. Now, are these guys implanted with GPS? Because <laughs> like, I don't understand the way they they uh, say it later on is like, oh, they've been given new locations or something like that. So this is somebody actually putting a dot on a computer. All right. So we got Jerry. He's in the bar right now. And then uh, <laughs> we're going to have Ronald over here in the bathroom, but we're going to need a third person. So Susie will be in the shower while Ronald is watching the toilet. Like 
is, is somebody giving their locations or if this actually like these guys have been lojacked <laughs> they got an implant in the back of their neck and yeah. then they're, they're being watched like i don't really understand it but it's an amazing visual that you have them being able to track everybody here now the fact that there are this many agents and uh they could tell jack don't worry nobody is in the one study uh uh, 25 people in that apartment and then somebody cover the study. Uh, but what, what is probably my favorite one line in this episode is where Derek is watching Jack as Jack's going up to the FBI agent, in the car and he's saying, uh, Oh, Oh, is this okay? And then just relax. He's really good at this. <laughs> yeah. And then you just watch Jack like, Hey, I'm uh, trying to find my way out of the garage here. And the guy like, Oh, let me help you. And then, Grabs a guy, doesn't snap his neck, but knocks him out. Um, maybe he did snip a snap his neck. I don't anyway, know. No, it's an FBI agent. He's not going to kill an innocent FBI agent. Come on. Uh, this is cold-blooded Jack who killed the suspect who killed the president last week without questioning him more. So True. maybe he did. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it, that's that's like the Jack Bauer that you you rarely actually get to see on Twenty Four. This is sort of the reputation of Jack, but so much of Jack Bauer is the reputation of everything he does, and then he goes off and does something really crazy insane but you don't often see him being like james bond and i gotta improvise spur of the moment and he doesn't even think about a plan he just immediately has a plan and just having chloe say that line relax he's really good at this that's, that's just awesome uh the tent scene in the elevator is also great as jack's riding up and there's all these agents in there and he's trying to look down and all that um when uh when he gets in there and chloe basically tells him all right, the bedrooms are clear. Nobody's bothering to look in the bedrooms or confiscate the computer since we're investigating the assassination of a former president. Uh, I do wonder why Jack, who's been so cautious of identity, decides to walk in the apartment and remove his sunglasses, the only thing concealing his identity, mm. as everybody now knows who he is. But I also, what would be more suspicious than one guy walking around in broad daylight in the sunglasses? Well, I like how he says that. He's like, well, you know, where's the one place they're not going to look for me? It's right yeah. here, right? Um, yeah, 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 good point. Like, they, they do have that line where he says, hey, this is probably the last place they're going to bother to look for the guy who killed the president. Uh, we get a quick scene of Derek sort of questioning Chloe on who he is, what's going on. Um, and uh, the Jack going into the bedroom and uh, meeting up with uh, Wayne here, uh, or I guess before he gets, a, he gets to the computer. And this is in, see, this is one of the inaccuracies I picked out because I, I worked in tech support, and as soon as they said, all right, the IP address on this computer is 292, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, impossible. <laughs> Not possible to be 292 IP address. Uh, is that like the 555 it, of internet addresses? Exactly, it? yeah. They, right. they they don't want to risk giving away a real IP address because if you have you know, the, the, the prefix, you're eventually going to just narrow it down, and then you're going to get in Wayne Palmer's computer. Uh, this is something you could – you know what? I'm going to say it right now. The 24 phone – Make it so that people can hack in. I mean, what a great way to promote the show. The type of people who watch 24, you can hack. If you can figure out what the 192 or the, the, the whatever IP address is, then you can hack the computer and there will be special exclusive content on 24 here. Invite that of the audience. Don't worry about people hacking. I mean, 292, not a possible IP address, but that's just me ranting. Um, and this is where Wayne comes in, and I love this scene between Jack and Wayne. Me too. Uh, Wayne crying. I mean, and it's not he comes in and he's like, "You killed my brother," and then he starts bawling. Like this is a guy who's been crying for the last hour, and and you could tell by watching him. Jack basically says he was set up. Um, the way that he uh, actually gets Wayne to trust him is by offering him the weapon. Um, and uh, then they they start looking into 
uh, the computer here and they find out that, well, this is just for his memoirs. Wait, why is the first chapter of his memoirs encrypted? Um, the, the, the agents start moving in. So Jack's got to get out of here. Wayne says he wants to help. Uh, and Jack says, no, I don't want to put you in this situation. So Jack leaves. He sees his own picture being circulated now. Uh, and then his little escape scene here is great. Uh, it, it very much reminded me of like the matrix where Neo first gets a call from Morpheus in his office building. And he's like, you got to take a left turn around here. And, and Chloe's on the phone with him. Um, he, he gets off at the second floor because they're going to know where he is. Uh, you get this escape chase. He throws an agent straight down the stairs. Uh, and then this, this is a fantastic revelation here where he's in the garage. They're all surrounding the vehicle. You get agent Jenny's here now. Most random character that apparently reappears, Agent Jennings, the guy who seizes the van here. To say he comes this, back? He is in season six. Now, this oh, is the well. only episode he appears in season five. He has one episode in season six, but playing the same character. This isn't like, we like this actor, let's make him a different character. I clicked on this guy's Wikipedia page and... Uh, He's got another appearance to come next season. Well, thank so God Jennings, for that. <laughs> when, when a man makes this type of impression, you got to bring him back. What about um, Thompson, day five? He's got a Wikipedia page um, <laughs> played by unknown actor. Does he come back yeah, in exactly. season six? No. If he had come back, we would know who the actor was. But uh, th this revelation is one of the best parts of the episode here. And again, very James Bond-like where they surround the van and then the van's speeding out of there. And then when Jennings corners it, you just see it's Chloe in there. And then where's Jack? Oh, you cut to a shot of Jack that he's actually already snuck out. So uh, we'll cover the rest of it after this. But uh, this is the highlight of the episode. Jack inside the the apartment sneaking around and then this fantastic getaway that he has here, which is there's so many parts of the getaway. There's, oh, they've got my picture and then I've got to sneak around and then I got to get off the second floor. And then uh, they've got the van and then Jack's not actually in the van. There's so much going on and it's, it's all handled great by John Cassandra. And, and I agree. And I think like it, it, on paper, this should be an episode which we should be complaining. It's very disjointed because you think about all this that's happening here and then it kind of feels so different to the action that we get at the end with Jack. So it's kind of like, whoa, how did that come about? And again, I question the geography of LA in this episode, but hey, cool, plot's got a plot. But no, I'm completely on board with you. I think it's great. Like even just the stuff with Jack at the beginning with um Derek and just kind of like I love this is where I like the character of Derek because yeah you're sort of rolling your eyes oh god kid in peril he's getting kidnapped at the end but you've kind of got this realization from him that he goes from like fuck you I looked up a oil rig in Alaska and you don't know who you are to why'd you kill that man and to basically you know slowly unraveling who this guy is and kind of it sort of connects with Derek but then it's just the stuff with Jack. Like, I, yeah, I love the bit when he's kind of like taking down the FBI agent and closes. Oh, he's really good at this. And just, you're right. Like the tension of him going up in the elevator. I mean, we literally just watched an episode of um, Kiva's new show, Rabbit, uh, Rabbit Hole, right? Where he kind of did this. He broke into a police station kind of, you know, they're not going to suspect yeah, me. Oh, yeah. into a police station. Um, but it's kind of like the tension of him in the elevator, just surrounded. By, I love, I love these FBI agents in the, uh, elevator, yes. Well, we've got to definitely call that person. I don't like it. It's like stormtrooper <laughs> conversations we had back in the Star Wars episodes. But like the scene with him <laughs> and Wayne, like I, I'm 100% accurate in saying this is the first time we've ever seen these two on screen together. Um, <laughs> and later on this season, they're going to rob a bank. So remember that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the bromance that you never knew that you wanted to have. But like, it's great. And like, you feel for Wayne because again, an hour prior to this, his brother was just shot right in front of him and I, I love the bit when, like, Jack, like, gives him his gun and he's like, well, why would I be here? I'd want to kill you too. And just, oh, it's so good. D Props to DB Woodside. What a man. Um, 
I do question like David Palmer encrypting his like opening chapter like that. Like, hmm, Huggy Bear is going to write a chapter, but I'm going to secretly reveal something evil at an airport <laughs> encryption. <laughs> like, I mean, like right now, if Trump's writing his memoirs, good luck. He's probably got like some third grader helping him proofread it. Um, <laughs> like, he's going to be like, oh, duh. He's Edgar now. Duh. Trump. Like, <laughs> I, I can't do a Trump impersonation. That's the best I can do. Um, but I don't know. Like, it's a bit silly. But again, I realize why they've got to do it. But um, yeah, and the escape stuff is great. I'm with you. I love kind of like the, the MacGuffin of like Chloe escaping and then Jack going the other way. And I'm, I'm jumping ahead slightly here, but I, I, I do love the phone calls between like him and Connie Britton because like, as we talked about last week, like there's no reason for Connie Britton to not call the cops. So like, even now she's kind of like, you're scaring me, Frank. Like what's going on? Let me talk to him. It's almost like she's he's been kidnapped and he's just like, I'm fine, mom. Yes, I'm all right. I'm with Funko Frank. Like, yeah, whatever. Funko Frank. Um, Uncle Frank <laughs> but um, yeah it's it's great like and this is why I think like this episode it just like it builds like it's just sort of you can't take your eyes off this it's it's not last week uh, and I'm I look at my rankings here I've got this ranked above next week so uh, that's going to be fun but yeah I just I think it builds to a great crescendo with the tension and everything and this all adds to it uh, one thing just quickly comment on um, D.B. Woodside's performance uh, here's where your know, double standards, uh, as far as like male double standards, uh, kind of prove what a good actor he is. We've talked about multiple times on here that uh, there are legitimate studies that show audiences resent when you have to watch somebody cry on camera. They, they, it's not just like, oh, I can't take to watch this. It's too emotional. It's like they, they stop sympathizing with a person. Like it's something about watching a person lose it where the audience loses that uh, bit of sympathy that they have. And even more so, there are movies that have tried to have men cry, and those are the ones that get mocked the most. Mm. Uh, James Vanderbeek, best example of that, right? Um, there's a movie Nightmare on Elm Street 2 where uh, it, it's sort of infamous and, and mocked because you tried a male scream queen, and watching a male scream and cry, the audience has just laughed at it too much. It is extremely hard to pull off even a woman having an emotional breakdown, even harder for a man. And Wayne comes in, he's already crying. He's got tears rolling down his cheek. You feel for this guy. And I don't feel like anybody in the audience is going to feel for this guy. And and just to point out that double standard, it is way harder to have a man be in this emotional state and not have the audience resent them for it than a woman. And he totally pulls out. I will actually say seeing just him with the tears in his eyes has to be one of the most emotional things I've ever seen on 24. I'm watching this. I'm like, Woo! <laughs> you go, DB Woodside. <laughs> yeah, and I, he's he's one of these actors that everything I've seen him in, he he does good. Uh, you know, he's not Josh Dallas from Manifest, but I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> God. Can we get Josh Dallas on the show. Uh, honestly, I don't dislike Josh Dallas. I mean, he's doing the best what he can do with the rubbish material, but like seriously, that guy, like. It's like the the guy from Blue Bloods, the the younger brother of Donnie Wahlberg. I can't remember his name. Is the younger brother of Donnie Wahlberg? I don't think I've ever seen it. The the other cop, Jamie, the character's name. His name's Jamie. Um, I like him, but like I mean, again, you're not going to see him in an HBO show anytime soon. Um, I lost where I'm pointing that. DB Woodside, what a man. What's the guy from Blue Bloods name? I, I need to find this out now. Will uh, Estes. The esteemed. Oh yeah, he's not. He's not. I mean, I've seen him in other things. He's not a terrible actor. Is no. he not good on that? 
Oh, no, I'm not saying he's not good. It's just it's the material that's presented to you. I mean, Donnie Wahlberg's decent. Like, wasn't he in Saw? Like, he was pretty good in Saw. Like, I mean, you know, he's a boy band singer. But what actually was Will Estes in? He was in something quite notable, wasn't he? He was in The Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Yeah, I remember that, actually. Um, D.B. Woodside, I I don't think we've talked about this at all, but... Uh, hey, he was in How a- to Make an American Quilt, Will Estes. <laughs> he was boy and party. to be covered on the... <laughs> Soon to be covered on the Oz Network. Oh, I'm excited now. Will Estes. I'm how to make an American quilt today. <laughs> oh, he was in The um, Secret World of Alex Mack. I used to love that show. I just saw he was on several episodes of Boy Meets World. I used to love that show. Oh, I'll take it back, Will Estes. He, he won a <laughs> Golden Hollow Award for Actor of the Year for Blue Bloods. Good for him. Uh, so the U571, there's there's a good one he was in. Oh, he, he, oh he's got a website, willestes.com. <laughs> oh, can we write to him? The, oh, it's not just willestes.com, it says willestes, the official website. Oh, it's very sexy, willestes sitting there with a bit of stubble <laughs> and his arm on his leg. Hasn't updated it since 2019, but I mean, <laughs> I'd take him out for a drink. Oh, humanitarian on his website. What does he he's do? Humanitarian. His, his links are home, biography, filmography, humanitarian. Oh, Will Estes supports Natural Resources Defense Council, World Wildlife Fund, Heal the Bay, Best Friends, and oh, he likes animals. Oh. And the Vote Solar Initiative. Oh, as a child, my first awareness about the quality of our environment <laughs> came after a rainstorm in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Contaminates into the ocean. Contaminates. Contaminates. I can't even read. <laughs> the ocean had always been my playground, and I was devastated that we weren't. To- oh, yeah, you tell them, Will Estes. Uh, just a question off the Will Estes topic here. Uh, I know you're a journalist. You're mostly a written journalist. Have you ever done on camera, like like Lady Outside? There's speculative speculation. I the the closest I did was at a newspaper. We had a like a connection to a TV station, which I would film stuff loosely and voiceover, but I've never done an on camera piece. No. I just look, at I me, want Colin. to see Am it. I, TV? I, want, <laughs> I, I, I want to see it one day. So you could be like, contaminants, <laughs> contaminants. What was, I was reading a script. I was, I was doing one of these voiceover scripts. I do sometimes freelancing and, there was a word. I, it was like the most basic word, and I just I kept fucking. It took me like ten minutes to say one word. Oh, what have we got? Chicken nuggets for breakfast. breakfast? Oh, oh, smiley fries, my favorite. Your cheek. Oh, yeah, w- she did that because she knows I hate it. That's Will Estes <laughs> level of cute. <laughs> <laughs> Will Estes, I'm telling this right now. You're hearing this first on the Oz Network. Brendan Fraser, 20, 30 years ago, he was just Brendan Fraser. Now he's Academy Award winner, Brendan Fraser. By the year. <laughs> 2045 Academy Award winner Will Estes. Ben called it right, right here. Now. <laughs> I killed two James Bond and a royal, uh, the, the leader of the royal family. So I'm saying this now. Will Estes, Academy Award winner. Did you know Will Estes is a recurring cast member on 9-11 Lone Star? Is he? I haven't started watching yeah. that yet. Oh, what? Uh, this guy keeps so getting got, better. <laughs> we got... You know, 9-11 universe, Connie Britton, Gina Torres, and Will Estes, 324 alumni. I tell you what. <laughs> well, he's not a 24 alumni, I guess. It would make it even better if, like, he actually is playing uh, Jamie from Blue Blood. So, like, the, the 9-11 universe is connected to the Blue Bloods universe. Ben just loses his shit. Next, he'll be saying it's connected to Manifest. Him and Josh Dallas are, like, besties. 
Billy Burke is uh, from season two. Billy Burke. Um, what was his name? No, no, yeah, the the guy, the the, the daughter, the him in the closet. What's his name? What are we talking about right now? On twenty four, Gary, Gary from season two. Oh, right. He's he's on nine eleven Lone Star. We got oh. so many connections here to nine eleven. Almost <laughs> like we should cover it. Uh, yeah, DB Woodside and uh, Gary. I do not want to watch this show. Gina Torres. I, you know, I've watched one episode of nine eleven Lone Star before. And I love Rob Lowe. Like, Rob Lowe's one of these guys, no matter what he does, I'm watching it. But, like, there's something about 9-11 Lone Star that I just I can't get into. I still have, like, I've got it all on my computer ready to watch one day, but I've, I've never watched it. Because, like, I don't know, because Liv Tyler's in it. I, mean, I don't dislike Liv Tyler. She's the woman in the red dress, Ben. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sad. Josh Dallas and Will Estes haven't been in anything together. They've got a oh. Kevin Bacon number of two. Oh. Anyways, we should get back to 24 here. Uh, this this episode is brought to you by WillSDs.com and all of his humanitarian efforts. Uh, so plot hole with Derek that this is where I think the proof of how good Connie Britton and, and this kid, what's the kid's name again that plays Derek? Derek. Um, oh, uh, Will Estes. Will Estes, yeah. <laughs> Connie Britton and Will Estes, how well they're able to pull this off is that... Brady is, Corbett. Brady Corbett, yeah. The biggest stretch... Of this character, and this is where I could see Kiefer probably raising a ton of complaints, already knowing how he felt with the storyline, is that Chloe is left, Chloe is turned into CTU, and they get in the car with Derek, and he did not have her stay with Chloe, gets on the phone with Connie Britton, they drive to the Ontario airport, um, and then there's a quick conversation, Derek telling Jack, yeah, Chloe told me everything about your background, a nice scene between them. Um, but then he tells Derek and Connie Britton, go tell them that you need to go to CTU. Hmm. Now, easy solution for this. I don't know. Leave Derek with Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> She's on her way there. But he takes and puts him in even more jeopardy, which he gets in a lot of jeopardy next week when he literally could have five minutes earlier left him with Chloe. But uh, that's <laughs> I'm not going to complain because, again, they pull it off. These actors all pull it off. Um I, uh, uh, I I like the uh, the, the kind of goodbye scene that Derek has here. Like you mentioned, uh, him saying, you're not a bad kid, you know, uh, uh, and Derek kind of coming around on Jack, which is really him realizing, oh, I'm going to play spy here, and I'm going to spy on this guy who's trying to sleep with my mom because he's doing nasty things like sleeping with my mom and lying about working on an oil rig. And really, then he gets in over his head, and he's like, okay, whatever you did, I don't care. Oh, you can marry my mom. Do whatever you want. Um, but my favorite part here is to find out that Connie Britton is his landlord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that this is, I don't know, That's that's got to be a Jack Bauer thing. Like, how do you get discounted rent? Sleep with your landlady. Uh, ben, if you're watching this, if you have a landlady, this is how you get discounted rent and get breakfast made for you. Jamie brought me breakfast here. Oh. You want this? Who's that, your landlady? Is she worth sleeping with? I have a land man. Well, actually, we, we, this is a unique thing about Australia. We don't generally know who our land person is. We generally have a real estate company that we deal with. Oh so, yeah, same here. But like, but, but when like, I was in Canada, though, caretaker. Like, yeah, but like in, but we like we don't like in Canada. I remember when I lived in the apartment, like we had our. I, I guess she was the building, like the the supervisor, right? Like yeah. Uh, you know, we had a real estate agent, but we would generally deal with her more than we would deal with a real estate agent. Whereas here, mm-hmm. like any place I've ever had in Australia, like I remember back when I lived in Tassie with Louise, we dealt with our real estate agent. We met our landlord 
a couple of times. Eventually he took over because the real estate was that bad. So he was just like, no, I'll just run this myself. Whereas here I've never met my, the person who owns this place, the landlord, I've just dealt with the real estate. Mm. There's a build, I mean like a complex. So there is a building manager. It's, it's confusing, Colin. I don't even know what yeah. the fuck. If I want something, I email out three people. Eventually some shit gets done. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's basically the same here. It depends on the situation. I'm not sleeping with anyone yet, a... unfortunately. <laughs> so that's what but but if, you, if you have like somebody who has a couple of rental properties, you know, then that, that would be a landlord you might know. Uh, but if you have a, a caretaker, is I think the word that's uh, most commonly used here for what you're referring to, which is like, I guess the Americans would call it like the super, you know, the, the but the caretaker, if you have a caretaker you could sleep with, maybe they'll still give you a few favors, Ben. Uh, is that is that uh, a she? Is it a he? Colin... At this rate, I would take favors from the little old lady down the street. It's been a while. Um, the one so pushing a shopping cart full of cans. I feel like I'm turning into Noah. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's not true. I'm not that lame. But uh, I, yeah, uh, I would if if Connie Britton was my landlady, there would be no issue. I would uh, I would provide all the services that Connie Britton required. Although you know what would happen? I'd walk in there and she'd go, "No, I'm Connie Britton." <laughs> And then she'd walk out. You know, I'm sorry. Like, this is the one time I don't believe it's Jack Bauer. But like, this is Connie Britton. Like, yeah, Jack, yeah, exactly. Jack Bauer was begging for this shit. <laughs> I'm Connie Britton. When I he want came it, in there, you'll know. He came in there with the plan. So if I offer to sleep with her, maybe she'll give me $100 on my rent. And then he walks in and she's like, so I got a deal for you here. If I sleep with you, will you pay me an extra hundred dollars? And he's like, deal. You, you know what? <laughs> I'm I, Connie Britton. <laughs> instead of the, or I love the Oracle of Bacon. Don't get me wrong. But I think we've discovered a new Oracle of Bacon and that's the Oracle of Britain. Because basically if they follow Connie Britton on Instagram, that's a bigger deal than the Oracle of Bacon. So I'm going to find out for you if Will Estes follows Connie Britton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he'd better yeah. if if he does he will one day be an academy award winner exactly that's, that's well, proof right there i'm gonna say right now uh will estes has 118,000 followers i'm gonna click follow on him right now um he only has 39 people that he follows though so will estes is on that Ooh. level um but i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can find out if will estes follows they've got to be in something together don't they Will Estes and Connie Britton, that just is a match oh. made in heaven, surely. Uh, let's see here. Come on, Will Estes, don't let me down. Uh, <laughs> Will Estes, you're always letting me down. Um, oh, Will Estes doesn't follow Connie Britton. Oh, get off it, Will. Who does uh, Will follow? What is, what is their bacon number, though? Uh, oh, yeah, you can find that out. Uh, everybody here is riveted. <laughs> oh, Will Essie Will follows Greta Thunberg. Oh, I lost a bit of respect there for you. Oh, he follows Don Cheadle. He follows um, he follows Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Will Estes has a bacon number of two with Connie Britton. Will oh. Estes was in Blue Ridge Fall with Peter Fascinelli. And if he, Peter Fascinelli was in The Lather Effect with Connie Britton. Well, does Connie Britton and Josh Dallas... Uh... <laughs> I hope it's a lot more removed than two. She deserves better than that. Can we? Oh, no, it is. It is two. He, Josh Dallas was in Zootopia with Alan Tudyk, and Alan Tudyk was in Conception with Connie Britton. Can we do, like, Josh Dallas or Will Estes month? <laughs> it wouldn't be very I long. I think we would have to 
combine them to get a month's worth of material. Can you, I want you to get, like, I, I don't know if you did your research from last week. You went to get that person on the show, but uh, clearly you haven't done your homework yet. Um, but can I want you in the next week to show Jamie a picture of Josh Dallas and Will Estes and see which one she'd rather fuck. Deal. <laughs> I don't even know if Josh Dallas um, has been in a movie. He's been in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven well, see, movies. He was in Thor? Josh Dallas yeah, was in he Thor? Yeah, he took over. He, he took over when... um. Uh, what's the name? Zachary Levi uh, left to do Shazam. Josh Dallas came in to take over to be the new Zachary Levi. That famous role. I mean, that Josh Dallas could have been Shazam. <laughs> he could have been. He only wow. had any acting talent. Uh, I do know that Jamie had watched most of Once Upon a Time. And uh, she was never very impressed with Josh Dallas, so I have a feeling Will Estes might have. Do you reckon the, we uh, could get uh, we could get Will Estes or Josh Dallas on this show? I mean, I know they're stars of network TV's Blue Bloods and Manifest. I mean, if we, I guarantee, if we dedicated a month, if we just called it Josh Dallas Will Estes month, well, I literally, we could get both of them. So we could choose, like again, Josh Dallas, not that big. We got eighty minutes, The Boxer, The Descent Part Two, Ghost Machine, Thor, Red Tails, or Sidekick. Will Estes. Bit Ooh, deeper. Red Tails. That's a George Lucas movie. We can even talk about George Lucas. Oh, there you go. We could. Uh, Josh Dallas, a bit, bit deeper on the Will Estes front. It said Dark Knight Rises, U571, How to Make him. We've got a movie called Dutch. Uh, we've oh, got a, he was a Dutch? Oh, God, okay, apparently we know that one. Blue that was Ridge, a childhood favourite. Blue Ridge Fall, My Husband's Double Life. Um, not Since You. Uh, or the straight-to-video movie Mimic 2, where he played Nicky. I, I do remember Mimic 1. I didn't know they made other Mimic movies. Um, Paul Schultz is in Mimic 2? Bruno Campos is in... This is Nip Tuck Connections. Yeah. This is 24 Connections. Oh, wow. John Let's Polito. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jim O'Hare is Lou. Uh, <laughs> I, I bet you we could get a like from Will Estes just by our social media mentioning him. I think we have literally. <laughs> Why are talked, we talking so much about Will Estes? <laughs> we more about Will Estes than Josh Dallas than anyone ever has in human history. You are welcome. <laughs> um. All right. So back to Jack Bauer here. <laughs> he says goodbye to Derek. Uh, to Will Estes here says goodbye. Uh, I do like when, when he does say, okay, I want you to go. There's somebody I want you to go to. There's somewhere I'm going to send you where you're going to be safe. In my head, I'm like, I still want him to say Aunt Carol's house. Please say Aunt Carol's house. I was thinking like, you know, oh, go, go, yeah. oh my God, sorry. Josh Dallas has 1.3 million followers on Instagram. He's oh, mad, disgusting. He's is that popular. <laughs> he's got double the amount of probably, More followers than freaking Connie Britton. Uh, I was oh, I was about to look that up. That makes me sad. Um, yeah, it's probably mostly Once Upon a Time people. I don't there's that many Manifest viewers. Oh, my God. Like, are there 1.3 million Manifest followers out there? <laughs> God. Uh, okay, let, let's <laughs> let's finish this here. All right, so... Uh, Guys, one more question. Here. One more question. Yeah. Would you rather watch Blue Bloods or Manifest? Oh, Blue Bloods. Correct I, I've never, here's the thing. I've never seen Blue Bloods, uh, at least not a whole episode, but they got some good cast members there. I've tried to watch Manifest. I got like, I think, seven or eight episodes into Manifest. I'm like, I just can't do it anymore. What is the point? At least Blue Bloods has <laughs> just got a bit of heart to it. It's a bit of just, it's just harmless, put in the background television. I swear Manifest cannot have two seconds without asking, like, it's just lost on crack. Everything <laughs> is about a question. It's sort of like, it'd be like, hey, Colin, how's your day? 
I don't know. Maybe the day is evil. <gasps> Let's find <laughs> out. Are you having a calling? Dun, dun, dun. And yet you continue to watch. <laughs> I just don't give up on things. That's why I still do this shit. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, by the way. Uh, I love anyways, they're not going Network. To, it's my favorite show. They're not going to Ann Carroll's. They're going to CTU. Uh, and uh, when they're in the van waiting, Derek sees Jack and or he sees the the in the car waiting they see this van pull up and he's like no but they're gonna get checked now it does bother me that he's calling him jack because all he did was mention my real name is jack bauer uh he should still be knowing him as frank you know if i found out tomorrow that you are not ben waterworth you are josh dallas <laughs> how did you know i'm still gonna be th- i'm still gonna be thinking ben and if i'm referring to a conversation ben oh sorry sorry i mean josh dallas i keep forgetting he just immediately calls him Jack. You're, I need to help Jack. Uh, it, it is kind of nice to have that because it's a foolish kid thing to do. And this is what we complimented Beirut on last season, that there's things where you're like, what a dumb kid. But then you're like, wait, but he's supposed to be a dumb kid because he is a dumb kid. Uh, he's going to go in to help Jack. Um, and then all of our split screens that happen here, we get uh, uh, basically the the – Pill Jack going into the the Ontario airport, finding this one suspect. The guy takes his pill. Uh, so we, this is Doctor No here is cyanide. He's dying. We get a shootout in the terminal. Uh, we get uh, Derek getting taken hostage. We get uh, Superov arriving. We get Chloe arriving at CTU. We get Martha now on her pills. Uh, we get uh, Derek getting taken hostage. I think I already said that. Uh, and then we get the big revelation, which is. Walt on the phone. It's been taken care of. They believe the doctored recording. And then Nathan said on the line, good, good. Our first catch of the day. <laughs> Our first catch of the day. Uh, I guess the main thing, like, there's a lot going on. Uh, but this doesn't feel like season four where we're throwing too much at you or uh, even season three or season two throwing too much at you. Like, season five is we're going to cl- slow things down. If we're going to throw all these things at you, it's half of these are not even action. Martha taking a pill is like, okay, that's story progression, you know? Suvarov's helicopter landing, that's story progression. Uh, but this Walt thing, it is a good revelation, even though, like you said, he we kind of know he's evil because of the way season four ended. Uh, but this is what John Kassar referred to in the, the commentary the previous week, that this was written to be a completely different character. And they liked the actor. Um, I can't remember the actor's name here who plays, um, uh, what's the name? Uh, Walt, Walt, Walt. Let's call him Will Estes. Uh, <laughs> Walt here, um, uh, so far, John Allen Nelson. So they really like John ah. Allen Nelson. And then he'd have more uh, followers on Instagram than Will Estes. You look that up. I will. <laughs> uh, but they talked about, well, why don't we make this Walt? Wouldn't it make sense for it to be Walt? And people's worry was, well, they're going to know that he's kind of evil then. They're like, so? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're revealing it in episode two. It's not like we have that long to wait. Uh, and I actually really like that this is Walt because, like you said, you have your suspicions already. How many does he have? Sorry, I, I do love in the Google portal when they link you to somebody who's not even remotely closely connected. I've just got some man who's called Johnny Opera. Um, and it's like some chubby guy with a beard. John Allen Nelson, traveling MN Bartone, who hikes? You can go to johnallennelson.net and it's not that John Allen Nelson. Um, a baritone. Not, what did I say? Baritone. I can't read. He <laughs> really can't. Uh, Man writes for a living and he can't read. <laughs> uh, like, don't get me started on me writing. I didn't want to be a writer. I wanted to talk. I just had to write. And people think, oh, you're a journalist. You must know how to spell. I'm the worst speller and grammar person on the planet. All right. 
Um, I don't know if the actual, the real John Allen, I mean, this guy's real, but the better John Allen. Sure, is. he's a real person. Yes, I think we've confirmed Ooh, we that. Can contact. We could, we could just do one of those people and be like, hey, we've got John Allen Nelson on the show. Not that one, but we've still got somebody. <laughs> we've got Pierce Brosnan on the show. Not that one, but. But the Walt revelation, everything at the end here. Yeah, I mean, like, as I think I mentioned before, like, we know he's evil, but, like, I guess people who maybe didn't see season four, I don't know he's evil. But I, it still works. Like, I think I mentioned that last season. I like the fact that you kind of know this guy's evil from the get-go. It's like it's a different way of doing it. And, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, 24 cliche. We've got to have a mole. But I don't know. And Colin's really shoveling that down. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a man who hasn't been fed this where, in a week. <laughs> this is where you're like, I don't know how long Ben's gonna talk on this. <laughs> Give it in what I can. Um, you know the beauty of my actual day job now that I get paid to produce podcasts and not talk. You know what I do with those comments? I plan them. I have rundowns. <laughs> I have like notes that I take. I'd love to have a me while we do this show. So it's kind of weird when I come into like my own now and we basically do no prep. It's like, yeah, you want to record it? No, I'm sure. You watch the episode? Yeah, all right. Um, so I could be like, you could be like, Ben, talk for 90 seconds while I shovel down food. <laughs> um, I like it. And I, I think like the the explosions at the end and just kind of like this big, you know, grandiose end. Because again, you don't see this coming. You don't, no pun intended, with Walt. Coming. <laughs> like it's... Um, it's just, it's like the way you kind of pull the wool over your eyes because, again, you're expecting this helicopter to blow up. But, again, it's literally terrorists taking over an airport. And, like, the thing that I like about this plot, which not to give too much away over the coming weeks, but huh, coming, like, this is all a also a kind of a MacGuffin for just, like, other plans, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like it's, it's bit season four-ish that it's kind of, you know, let's go down the garden path, even though there's more of an overarching terrorist device this season than multiple attacks. But I like it. I kind of like it. I like this um, terrorist guy at the airport. He's kind of, he's got some good charisma about him. So, yeah, I like it. The, the, the cyanide guy, you mean? Uh, well, I mean, no, the other guy, like the, the bald guy who's like, quiet, oh, yeah, you would that- all be safe if your president meets all demands. <laughs> Put someone on the train track. More people, more evil people, train tracks. It's an underused. Bring evil- it back. Yeah, bring it back. I, um, ISIS, if you're listening, stop beheading people. That's so 2015. Like, you know, like people in America, stop shooting up schools and banks. We get it. Like, it's so done to death. Just like get somebody like that guy who just shot up the bank today. Like, okay, you got fired, mate. Like, get over it. Like, get the bank manager tied to a train track. You'll get some money out of it. And then you'll ride off into a horse in the sunset. Everybody lives. Nobody dies. Great day. Come on. Canadians, stop producing Nickelback. Like, where's the Australian equivalent of this? Stop being uh, racist. Power uh, finger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, trivia, your book hasn't arrived yet. I, I, there was no commentary on this episode, but there's a couple interesting things here on the wiki page. Uh, no, my book sadly hasn't arrived. We'll have to catch up. Um, this is the so, final appearance of Dennis Haysbert. He appears only as a corpse. <laughs> so that actually was Dennis Haysbert. Like, g'day, Dennis. How you doing? You busy this for this episode? Do you mind just laying I, there with a sheet? Like, good on them for getting a corpse of him. You know what's funny about that is when they showed the corpse or the corpse of the sheet over it, and then you see a hand with that scar. I remember kind of thinking myself in like a joking way. I wonder if they paid Dennis Haysbert to appear in this episode, thinking no, they probably didn't. But then when his voice appears, they would still have to pay him because this isn't that's kind of the way that these SAG rules are. 
you you get credit even if your voice is heard in an episode in some cases you get credit if if you're appearing in a flashback not like a previously on but like a flashback to a previous episode so very possible that them knowing we're already going to have to pay the man to have his voice on here let's just get a quick shot of you under the sheet here i i do like um like i see that trivia bit about you saying about the polarity but uh, there's that bit where martha is like that's from his inauguration um that's clearly not. That's uh, like, I think that's from his speech when he nearly gets assassinated, isn't it? Like at the the plant or something like that. But like, that would have been cool. Like if they had like doctored like actual footage, it would have looked dodgy. But like, you know, superimpose him on like, probably not George Bush. There was no black president back then. I don't know. Like superimpose him in an inauguration. Like, but they did it with Kiefer. Like when he gets inaugurated in Designated Survivor from memory, they do a big whole like inauguration parade that they can kind of doctor a little bit. So um, yeah, I, lo- I love these. I got- I love these ones where it's like, this is the first episode since day four, 12 to one, not to feature Tony Almeida. Like, yeah, he was missing from half the first season. I've got, I've got the best trivia bit ever here. Okay. You ready for it? Go for it. So the reporter, uh, Elizabeth Espinoza, real name, real reporter. Her last name is incorrectly spelled as Espinoza with a Z in the closing oh, credits. Not an S. <laughs> no. Like the, 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 in American versus Australian spelling. All of her, all of her credentials out the window now because she's got to change it. I was on twenty four with a Z. Um, amount of followers she has twenty nine point nine thousand followers on Instagram. Elizabeth Espinoza, motivational speaker, crusader for the disabled, uh, UCLA alum, social media influencer, and solely personal opinions here. Crusader for the disabled, like, <laughs> like, I mean. Advocate like advocate for disabled rights, like a crusader, like oh, <laughs> the crusader. What is, yeah. I, I love I love the IMDb trivia. Even though David Palmer and Jack Bauer have had lots of conversations, Jack has only seen David Palmer face to face three times: twice in season one and one time in season five. Even though Palmer was already dead when Jack was looking at Palmer's body. I will say... That's not face-to-face if his face is covered. I will say I do like that scene. Like, uh, I was going to mention that. I kind of like when you just see Jack kind of just like, oh. And what does he, what does he say to Wayne when he says, like, he was my friend? Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, wow, we went way longer on this thanks to Will Estes and... Josh Dallas? <laughs> Josh Dallas. Uh I'm buying this episode, so my streak continues. Am I in double digits now, I think? I am buying Josh Dallas. Um, In a row, do you mean? Oh, no, I'm at seven. So, yeah, not not that many. Uh, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're seven, in a, seven in a row, Colin. Um, but no, I am also buying this episode for your FYI. I am Josh Dallasing this episode. I am Will Estesing. Will Estesing. What is the plural of Will Estes? Um, Estai. <laughs> what do you call a group of Will Estes and Estai? Oh, that 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 wins the episode. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see where you're ranking this. Based on your ranking last week, you're probably ranking this number one. Uh, no, but I mean, I've still got it fairly high. I'm ranking this at 21 overall. Uh, that that Jack stuff in the uh, apartment building is just so good, as well as the other stuff in the episode, but t- particularly that. So this is actually just one spot higher than the season four premiere for me. I have got this at number 14. Um, Ooh. I just think it's solid as fuck. Solid as fuck. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it builds and builds and builds. And I kind of wish we just ranked the first four episodes of this season because I mean, I, I would have a tough, um, y- you know, 
choice between choosing this and the first four episodes of next season as the best first four episodes of any season of 24. Um, you know, props to season six for doing something right. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a great episode. I think it really works well. And just for those playing at home overall, uh, this will finish at 26 on my overall list of 216 episodes. So yeah, very And this high. was 14, you said? Yeah. So only, there will only be eight more episodes in the next uh, 100 odd that will be better than this, in my opinion. So Wait, there, you yeah. said 14 to 26, that's 12. 12. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> can't read, can't <laughs> count. Can't add. Uh, but boy, yeah, oh boy, next... can I sleep with my landlord. <laughs> Oh, wait. No, I can't do that either. I can't do anything. Uh, next week, uh, I watched this episode already. It's so good. This is a, an action-heavy episode. It's all about the hostage crisis and uh, um, other stuff at CTU, <laughs> but mostly the hostage crisis. And this is um, it's very reminiscent of a movie that I did a solo review on here that I don't think you ever saw, but you should check out. Uh, called Seven Days in Enteb, which is uh, Daniel Bruhl and Rosamund Pike, oh, uh, it, it, which is basically a true story, a true story about a hostage crisis at an airport. But I think it's in Uganda or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just a fantastic episode, really exciting. Uh, and there's lots of progression. What, what I'm going to be interested in next week is talk about the progression of Kiefer's character, because I think you start to pick up on certain things that he wouldn't have done in season one, season two or season three that is sort of becoming very subtly clear in season five that we're getting a different Jack Bauer. Yeah. And I think we always get that. Don't we? The more and more he goes on. Cause I mean, we're really in that period now of the Jack Bauer power hour and just, you know, they, they make him do more things than that. But one thing I did mention this episode, I do love that moment when like he's yelling at um, Derek, give me my bag because you know, Jack's bag is becoming like more of a thing, but yeah, I mean, I, do remember next week again all these first four episodes are fantastic i love all the airport stuff and that's sort of we get a, it's a key airport episode next week isn't it and uh the canadian connection didn't mention it ontario airport which is a real airport yep. in california by the way so this is not a fake airport um but yeah no i i'm i'm looking forward to talking about it and um having the big reveal on next week's show will estes versus josh dallas who would jamie rather sleep with uh, I believe we're done our Australia versus Canada yes. month. Yeah, well, this well, this is actually the question I'm going to ask you because this week is the start of anniversary month. Are we just doing it in order? Are we starting with American Graffiti or do you want to shake it up? What, what's your thought in the Ooh. order we do it with? So what are our movies? we got American Graffiti. Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, The Truman Show, and Rush. Uh, so we'd start with American Graffiti. I assume go Mrs. Doubtfire, The Truman yeah. Show, and then finish with Rush. Yeah. Like, do it in order. Let's do chronological. And who's like hosting that. what? Are you going to do America? Like, I would like to do I, Rush and... I mean, I would personally choose Rush on the Truman Show, but if you want me to do Mrs. Doubtfire and Rush, I can do that. No, I'll, 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 take, I'll definitely take American Graffiti. So I'll take uh, American Graffiti and Truman Show. Okay. And you can take Mrs. Doubtfire and Rush. Hello! Um, I'd like... A, I'm looking like they're, they're good ones to do, not because just three of the four are in my top 50 movies of all time, but like... I, I'm intrigued to do Mrs. Doubtfire because it's... I, I don't know if you and I have ever really talked about Mrs. Doubtfire before, but, um, I mean, the Truman Show, God, like, just, we've already locked in anniversary month for next year. but And then Rush, I can talk about Formula One. So uh, I'm yeah. I'm excited. Uh, we'll have more 24 as well, and uh, we'll probably start having some movie reviews now that the summer movie season's kicking off. I'm pretty sure Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is out now. We may have already talked about it. We may not have... Um, Will Estes was amazing. Will Estes, 
Yeah, when he takes over for Chris Pratt, uh, <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, but uh, imagine if Will Estes was the next James Bond. Imagine if he's the next Superman. And, and Josh <laughs> Dallas is whichever the other one doesn't take. Like Josh Dallas yeah. is Superman, Batman, and, Estes... and then <laughs> yeah, the guy's Superman. Yeah, you know, if he wasn't American, he might be able to. Both of them kind of could pull it off in a way. Uh, they're not. Could they? I mean, they're not. I don't know. It's not Gregory Eaton couldn't have played. I mean, he did play James <laughs> Bond, I guess, technically in his last on-screen role. But yeah, no. Uh, so listen for all of our great, exciting content that is top-notch. And then there's the Patreon, which don't even bother with. Uh, <laughs> my name is uh, well, speculation is speculating that my name is Colin, but that could all be speculative. And my name is still not Frank, it's Will Estes. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.